0: social unrest the state and the white house you are listening to the john petro show
1: it's fall very soon the heating season will be here let jkl engineering design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier infinity system jkl energy efficient quiet more affordable than you think no gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency infinity heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market. They also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L., carry a factory, authorized dealer, licensed in both Rhode Island and and Massachusetts for 55 years. J.K.L.'s reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. J.K.L. is also a Navien certified factory dealer. called J.K.L. for system replacement, oil-to-gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. called J.K.L. Engineering today. At 401 351 7600. They do it right. They do it right the first time. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. JKL 401 351 7600. Listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, good morning on AM 1380 99.9 FM. We have made it to Thursday. It's November 18th. This is day two of uh, Governor McKee's 12 day vacation. It's hard to believe it the price of gas uh empty shelves uh covid is spiking up but the former mayor of cumberland rhode island governor dan mckee decided to jump out of town uh we don't know where he is uh, not yet anyway and go on this uh, 12-day vacation i'll tell you someone who um obviously folks we were on verdict watch with the rittenhouse jury kyle rittenhouse saying prayers he gets off i want to excuse me play Bill Maher, who has just been uh, fantastic. And Bill Maher talks about, he was on with Chris Cuomo on CNN. I didn't see it, but I then, you know, watched some of the clips of it. But he talks about how, I love that wokeness is just killing the Democrat Party. And uh, Bill Maher, uh, who's obviously a brilliant guy, funny guy, but listen to him with uh, Cuomo.
0: Woke. The response from the people that you put it on will say... Uh, woke is aware and inclusive, and there is no cancel culture it 's just accountability. These are not bad things, they are good things. Disagree well woke yes i mean i i, I don 't remember the day the term was born, uh, although i I hear uh, AOC says only old people use it now. Well, you gave it to us <laughs> like five years ago, so sorry we didn 't get the memo right away you know that 's such a high school thing we 're not using that anymore. we all wear pink on Wednesdays okay, you whatever term you want uh, I don't care Uh, again, I just got used to this one and yes, in its best sense if we're talking about um, being aware of things that we always should have been aware of more, reckonings that we've had with uh, sexual malfeasance with racial injustice that's all a good thing but there's a reason why the term woke has come to uh, signify Going too far and doing things that don't make sense. I keep saying this to the Democratic Party. The reason why you are so toxic is because you have become the party of no common sense. And people see this on their news feeds. I mean, you were saying to me in the break, people mostly go on with their lives. They do, but they see things on their phone or on their Facebook page. People pass things around. And it's a constant drip, drip, drip of, oh, these people are not.
1: You know that is such a good point, and that's where he he's he's just funny. He just is. Um, his program on HBO, folks, more and more. Now, granted, he is a big dem, but not so much like drinking the Kool Aid. Bill Maher he'll stand out as you just heard, and and talk about that. Um, Kamala Harris did an interview with George Stephanopoulos. Uh, it's exclusive on the Today Show. And I want to play, She she's another one. You know, there is actually rumors floating out there that she might be replaced by Mayor Pete. So they trot her out with Stephanopoulos, of course, um, to try to stem and stop some of the damage. Let's hear, this is the vice president with Stephanopoulos on, uh, this was on GMA
0: president this week at ABC News with the Washington Post. Highest disapproval of his presidency shows that most Americans don't think the administration is keeping its promises. How do you explain that and how do you fix it? You know, George, at polls, they go up, they go down. But I think what is most important is that we remain consistent with what we need to do To deal with the issues that were presented with at this.
1: You know, that's the problem. She's remaining consistent. The numbers are consistently going down. She should not be there. Kamala Harris on the crisis at the border. Hold on.
0: Eight months ago, the president gave you the job of addressing the root causes of migration. But last month, we learned that in the past year, had the highest number of illegal border crossings since they started to be recorded in 1960. What are you doing to turn that around? How long will it take? Well, it's not going to be
1: overnight. We can't just... <laughs> that's the understatement of the decade. Stephanopoulos asks her about the inflation, cost of groceries, gas, everything that's going up. for the kids. Here we go. <laughs>
0: Americans are feeling pretty sour about the economy as we head into the holidays, it's going to cost more to drive home for Thanksgiving, more to put the turkey on the table, more to buy gifts for the kids at Christmas. What can you do about these high prices? How long is it going to take? Well, first of all, it's real and it's and it's rough. Uh, groceries, the cost of groceries has gone up. The cost of gas has gone up. And it, as this is all happening in the context of two years of a pandemic.
1: No, it's it's happening in the last nine months. All right, lot more ahead. In uh, more, let me just play before we go to the break. Actually, Bill Mar also talked about um, critical race theory. Bill Mar, uh, again, who was on Cuomo. I thought he was. This is a very good answer about kids being taught critical race theory, folks. This is what, by the way, it is being taught in the Rhode Island schools. They deny it. They try to deny it. The teachers union fully on board with this. This is the Democrat platform. That whether it's Cicilline or Alorza or McKee or Biden, they can't run away from it. They're fully on board with it. Listen to Chris Cuomo asking Pilmar about it.
0: You have families, and we saw this resonate in Virginia. Uh, And I have people on all the time who reject this premise, but we just saw it play out, so it must be real to a lot of people which is um, you want to make white kids feel badly about what happened before them and that their lives should be a function of making up for it. And I don't want that put on my kid. Yes, people are, kids are taught and sometimes separated into groups, oppressor and oppressed. Again, does a kid even know what those words mean? Would they gravitate toward that if you hadn't told them? I mean, you're taking something that was getting better, race relations in America and we i think everyone recognizes everyone right thinking in my view that still a lot of work needs to be done remedial efforts need to be taken still racism is part of America but i did a thing one night about progressophobia which is a term stephen pinker called mm-hmm. uh, ter- coined which means somehow liberals got afraid to acknowledge progress you know, it's two thoughts in your head at the same time. You can acknowledge that we have made great progress on all the social issues. Uh, and and yet there is still more work to be done. We're not saying mission accomplished. It's are just saying, let's live in the year we're living in. You can't come up with good solutions unless you're realistic about what the problem is. I mean, it was only like 10 or 20 years ago that no state in America would vote for gay marriage. I mean, it was on the ballot like 35 times. Now it's the law of the land, and no one is against it. I mean, when I was a kid, I grew up in New Jersey, which is not a southern state, and it was a completely white town. Now a vast majority of Americans want to live in a racially diverse neighborhood. That is a sea change just in my lifetime. Again, not mission accomplished, but can we just acknowledge how far we've come and where we are right now?
1: You know, I'm telling you, Makes a lot of sense. Folks, again, that is Bill Maher. He was on CNN with uh, Chris Cuomo. All right, a lot more ahead. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It is a challenge trying to run your business today, especially if you spend most of your time trying to find the right workers. Instead, let MEGA professionals find them for you. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Right now, are you spending a good amount of your time trying to find the right workers for your business, your company, call MEGA MEGA Professionals today, 508-336-7801. If you need workers, drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, local, which is a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, maybe it is drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics skilled labor, office professionals, even in the healthcare business, you can depend on MEGA, M-E-G-A professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. How much time are you spending trying to find the right workers for your business? Let MEGA professionals find them for you. Call them right now, 508-336-7801 for MEGA professionals. Days we start at 11, we go until 2. It's a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, petro.com. Let's get right to it. Joining us right now he is our legal analyst, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys, its attorney, Tim dot Tim, a lot to uh, go through with uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Uh, as we are talking, we are still on uh, verdict watch with the jury. I want to start off just your thoughts on how you think both sides at least finished and completed, whether it be closing arguments, just the, the element of the case itself.
2: Well, as far as the closing arguments go, um, defense counsel was a more coherent um, chronological um, dissertation Um I happened to have a little time and watched some of defense counsel's closing candidly. I I have not had much time at all to watch this trial and maybe would catch this, you know, little blurbs on the nightly news, but defense counsel took the jury through all the different videos chronologically through every scene involving, um, The defendant Kyle Rittenhouse, and the three individuals who ultimately two got shot and killed, one got shot and wounded. Parsing the video, not frame by frame, but scene by scene, and it would show that when this um, group of several people was chasing Kyle and he was running away from them, you know, one guy got close and hit him in the head with a um, skateboard. Kyle lost his balance and fell. Another guy comes along and kicks him in the head. And um, one of the, the guy who got shot in the arm, whose name I can never pronounce, um, acknowledged that he was coming at Kyle with a loaded pistol pointed at Kyle's head. Now there were at least one, if not two other guys who were part of this group. The first one, as you're going through the video slowly, you can see this guy is running at Kyle as he's sitting on the ground. Kyle points his um, AR at the guy. The guy immediately stops dead in his tracks, almost doubles over, puts his hands up, and backs away. Now, if Kyle was just a guy who wanted to go around shooting people, he would have shot that guy. But right. he didn't. No. There was another another guy who also approached, um, running. Kyle points his weapon at the guy. The guy thought thought the better of coming any closer, puts his hands up, backs away, and doesn't get shot. Right. And I, I thought that was a compelling piece of argument. Mm. say this guy was only looking to defend himself. He wasn't a vigilante looking to shoot as many people as he could or that he was some gun nut who was going to exact some street justice. Sure. But so I thought the defense presentation was logical. It was too long, but it was logical. The prosecution went on way, way, way too long. I thought that um, the lead um, prosecutor um, was condescending, yeah, sarcastic, yep, smug. Um, he's the idiot who pointed pointed <laughs> the weapon and tried yeah. to reenact the Kyle's use of his AR, um, which obviously uh, this guy's been roundly excoriated for pulling a stunt like that in court. He had his pointed it at people he had his yeah. hand on the trigger yeah this asked some other flunky city council table is it safe <laughs> sure it is right I mean and this is on the heels ask of- Alec
1: Baldwin if that's a good idea
2: exactly and yeah. you would think that that would potentially resonate with the jury mm. uh, the jury has been led on a number of occasions to conclude i believe or at least to think something's wrong with this prosecution team they keep saying things there's objections (laughs) and the judge will clear the courtroom sending the jury out um and one would think the jury is certainly smart enough to know that the prosecution is likely being taken out to the woodshed for a scolding and that's exactly what's been happening um Some of the arguments made, John, by the prosecution are just preposterous. Um,
1: (laughs) How about he brought a gun to a fistfight? They even showed the old Patrick Swayze film, Roadhouse, which was he was a bouncer in a club. I mean, Tim, I I think that's like beyond reaching.
2: It it is. And it's insulting. And, you know, it's been widely discussed that this jury is composed of folks from this uh, Kenosha and the surrounding area. Yep. They know what happened. They saw the films. They saw the carnage. They've seen the destruction. They're still living with the destruction. And this uh, prosecutor, this smug, condescending prosecutor, is calling these three guys who got shot heroes. We call oh. them heroes. Wow. which. I don't get it. I don't get their presentation. I don't get the meandering nature of it. Normally, John, when you're um, trying a case, your opening opening statement is it's a preview of coming attractions, and you're telling the jury what they're going to hear. You're going to hear from X. X is going to tell you this. You're going to hear from Y. Y is going to tell you this. You're going to see pictures of the scene. You're going to hear from experts exactly what's going to happen. The closing should also be somewhat concise. You want to hit your strongest points early, mop up anything that you need to. Yep. Both sides on this, I thought, were, went through it, the facts of the case, what each witness said, what the testimony was. in in really excruciating detail with a fine-tooth comb. Now, in a case like this, counsel might figure, well, I'm not going to leave anything on the table. But from some of the reports I heard, you know, the jury, I think by the end of the very long, tedious closings from both sides, it appeared they had had enough. They weren't taking notes anymore. Yeah. They were just kind of staring at whoever was speaking. So sometimes less is more.
1: Hmm. Tim Dodd, what do you? What about the fact that um, you know basically the entire encounter? It, it's all captured on video. I was just thinking of. Uh, I, I'm just curious if you think does that help him or or hurt him? You know, I, I go back to I I hear years ago when the show CSI first showed up on television, attorneys would say, you know, some of the jurors would ask questions like, "Well, do you have the DNA?" and and ask for all these different things, or do you have video of this? Um, but this entire, basically, the entire thing was essentially captured on 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 videotape. Do, do you do you think did that? Did you think that helped or hurt Kyle Rittenhouse?
2: Oh, it absolutely helps him. Okay, but I I think it absolutely helps him because you can see the conduct of the three guys yep. before they were shot. Um, you can see the conduct of the crowd. You can see Kyle if you. By his self-defense, trying to um, get away from the crowd that was coming after him. Um, You know, he tried to, I think, use some discretion and only fired his weapon as a last resort, at least as a plausible argument to be made. Mm. Um, And when you parse through when you have the right to utilize self-defense um standard is did he have a reasonable fear that he was going to be subjected to imminent harm or death well one guy was coming at him shoot pointing a gun at his head with a loaded pistol mm. i i think that satisfies the standard yep um and the other guys had what one guy was carrying a chain and had previously yeah. been setting things on fire um you know, the guy that got, the first guy that got killed, again, his name, I'm not great with names, but the guy who had just gotten out of a mental institution. R-
1: Rosenbaum, I think.
2: Yes. Yeah. He's at a Black Lives Matter rally, ostensibly. A rally um, protesting what they thought was wrongful treatment of... Um, Jacob Blake. <clears throat> Jacob yeah, okay. Blake, yes. Thrown around the N-word, uh, challenging... Yeah people to shoot him. Like go ahead, go ahead, N-Word, shoot me. Go ahead, N-Word, shoot me. (laughs) What a nutcase. Yeah. You know, he's not a hero. He's a bad guy. Who was there just to make trouble and to break things and to light things on fire and be destructive and um you know to act in as wild a manner as possible. Yep. And this whole case, it maybe not the greatest analogy, but there was a pretty good movie a few years ago about Sully, the pilot uh, yes. who landed his um, aircraft yep. on the Hudson river. Yep. At the time, the media was like, Oh my God, this is fantastic. What a pilot, what a hero, what a great guy, what skill. After the fact Sully was investigated by the FAA. They wanted to take his pilot's license away because they thought he had behaved in an unprofessional and reckless manner. And I'm paraphrasing. And they go through this long ordeal hearing uh, regarding him and his co-pilot. Now, when others tried to reenact what he did and the decisions that he made, they were able to come up with slightly different outcomes but they had the benefit of hindsight right that pilot didn't know how much longer he could stay in the air yeah if he could make it to the airport in hindsight they might say well you know you could have gone this way and you could have gotten to trenton and you could have done this and you could have done that i think it's the same thing with this case and i don't recall defense counsel arguing it but in hindsight Rittenhouse could have done this, might have done that, because now we know how it all turned out, and we saw what everyone was doing in slow motion from various angles. This guy was in the middle of a riot. Yeah, He was in the middle of a riot. Um, should he have been there or not? That's That's a question, the answer to which doesn't really do anything to help or hurt his chances. But you can look in hindsight and say, gee, maybe he could have done this, maybe he could have done that. But you're in a split second situation where you're either going to shoot or get shot. Right. And I, I combat. Yeah. Yes. So we can't look at it through the eyes of shoulda, coulda, woulda. We have to look through the eyes of subjective situation where did this guy in that situation, not knowing what was going to happen next, was it reasonable for him to um, fire in self-defense Now, now, the jury is looking and asking to see portions of video. They want to see the jury instructions. They're doing, I think, a very thorough job going through the evidence. Um, what will the outcome be? You don't know if it's one juror who is saying, I'm holding out. You don't know if it's two jurors. You don't know if it's 10 jurors. You just don't know what's going on in the jury room. You've got lots of talking heads trying to read the tea leaves. What does it mean when the jury asks for this? What does it mean when the jury asks for that? And people get well-paid to go on TV and talk about what they think it means, but none of us know what it means. We don't know what they're thinking. We don't really know what they're doing in there. Yeah.
1: We're going to take a quick break, folks. A lot more. Attorney Tim Dodd right here on The John DePietro Show. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today, MEGA, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110 for MEGA truck and trailer repair, whether it's commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, also Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery. Listen, you're trying to run your business. You need MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508 336 2110 trailer pickup and delivery 24-hour mobile service abs repairs brakes doors listen if it's on a trailer they can fix it Mega truck and trailer repair call them today 508-336-2110 you need it fixed you need, need it fixed in a hurry and you need it fixed right call Mega truck and trailer repair today remember free estimates commercial trailers diesel equipment trailer pickup and delivery 24-hour mobile service and if it's on a trailer they can fix it Mega truck and trailer repair call them today 508-336-2110 we're speaking with our legal expert attorney tim Dunn. tim i want to stay with the kyle rittenhouse trial uh the judge has come under fire quite a bit and again we don't know how this is going to pan out just yet but um what what sticks out to you with uh with this judge
2: well, I, I think that he's doing a, a very good job under very difficult circumstances. Yeah. Certainly, if you've got a media who is biased in favor of getting a conviction here because they still like the narrative that Rittenhouse is some sort of a gun nut, yeah. Trump-loving white, white supremacist, supremacist, Yeah. you know, then they've got an agenda. The judge... Uh, that uh, the prosecutors not called the three guys that got shot victims because it's a self-defense case that's, that's in right. play. So you can't yes. do it. I think he was right on that. He's been excoriated mm. for it. Yep. The The defense has made two, at least two separate motions um, uh, for a mistrial one. It's because of the crazy questioning the prosecutor was bringing up, which impugned, um, written houses Fifth Amendment privileges right you the judge
1: silent yeah. the
2: judge is reserved on that and that's smart mm. because okay. if the jury comes back not guilty the judge never has to rule Wait. either way yep. okay. if the jury comes back hung or if the jury comes back guilty the judge could still play the uh, mistrial card and take the take the verdict away from the jury so to speak the judge yep. always serves as what we call the 13th juror. Yep. who is sort of like the super juror who can Im- superimpose his or her will as judge no matter what the jury does. Now, the second more important um, or more interesting, I should say, motion to dismiss, the prosecutors have apparently turned over the drone video, which has been right. talked about quite a bit. And the drone video that was provided to defense counsel apparently was compressed yeah. And which would distort the image, make right. it less clear. Mm. So defense counsel says, oh, this is that drone video. Well, it's not that great. Now, during the prosecutor's closing, they showed <laughs> the video from the drone, yep. but a much cleaner, clearer yes. version. Yeah. And defense counsel is like, what the hell is this?
1: <laughs> now, Ken, could that be mistrial and then yes. judicial misconduct? It could be.
2: Well, it, wow. it could be prosecutorial misconduct. Wow. Is it enough for a mistrial? Again, mm. the judge is going to hold off Okay, ruling on that motion. The judge has said, listen, for me to rule on that, I would require expert testimony from the people who do these video transfers and whether it's put on an iDrive or a thumb drive or a whatever, however it's uh, transferred um, electronically, and Was it a knowing manipulation and deception by the prosecution, or was it a good faith error? The judge can't rule on that without having a full evidentiary hearing. He doesn't have the time for that right now. We're waiting for a jury to come back. But he's got two different motions for mistrial in his back pocket that he can use and make rulings if necessary have yep. to counteract whatever this jury might do. Mm.
1: Well, Tim Dodd, this judge, and again, for speaking with our legal expert, Tim Dodd, he is 75 years old. He runs a tight courtroom. I know he was saying he, he would set, rethink about having televised trials. He thought it was a good thing, but then, God, he gets criticized how he orders lunch and everything else. But I think if there was anyone who was willing to do what he thinks is the right thing and follow the law, uh, to me, this judge does not seem like he's going to be Feel any type of political pressure and tim dodd also what do you make of the fact he let rittenhouse kind of pull the balls to pick the jury i thought he did a decent job explaining several i guess at some time they used to have the clerk do it and then he had a defendant that complained over the the, the jury selection so then he said well forget it then i mean it's not a big deal i'll, I'll let the defendant then pick who it is that actually serves on the jury
2: well uh I- I thought that was a kind of a cool way to do it. I'd never yeah. seen that before. Yeah, um, but it takes away the defendant being able to say, "Well, you know, the clerk, you know, the clerk knew which numbers they were going to pick." They, sure. There was. It takes away any chance for any shenanigans. Yep. Because the the defendant's doing it himself. Now, again, to, if the media wants to bang this judge around because they think that Rittenhouse might be acquitted. That's a fair comment, but I haven't talked to any lawyers. We all talked about this. We all thought, gee, that's a pretty interesting way to do it. It takes mm. away any chance that's for right. the defendant arguing shenanigans. Yep. And, you know, you've got a lot of talking heads saying, what's wrong with this judge? He's got two motions for mistrial in front of him. Why hasn't he ruled? What's... No judge would be ruling on mistrial motions at this juncture, they hold off to see what the jury is going to do. So, this judge is running a tight ship. Yeah, um, he's got his idiosyncrasies, but on the on the whole, I think he's tried a very fair case.
1: Yeah, Tim, Dodd, one final, uh, two final questions on this. One is, as we saw, Kyle Rittenhouse took the stand, eighteen years old, seemingly unflappable. I thought it was very calm. Seemed to help his case. Do you think? I think I read somewhere going forward that maybe some defense attorneys will think twice about, normally it's been, you don't put the defendant on the stand, but by all accounts, I I think that changed, I think as someone that has followed it and watched each day, it's changed the dynamic of the trial compared to is if he was just sitting there silently the way we had watched Derek Chauvin.
2: Yes. I think it really changed the, um, the, the, the theme of this, of this case, it was dramatic. He yeah. did a good job. Um, it's the first time we get to hear him speak. Right. He didn't he didn't look or act like Chauvin. No. This is his demeanor, anyways. The way he spoke was very natural. The way he got his points in was very effective. Yep. And It's always a bit surprising when the defendant takes the stand because it's not normally done. But when you invoke a self-defense defense, defense, you've got to sort of let the jury know what was your state of mind. Hey, listen, I was sitting on the ground. These guys were coming at me. I had a reasonable fear that they were going to kill me or hurt me. The the jury almost has to hear it from the defendant. If he was just sitting there... um, it would be very difficult for the jury to glean what his state of mind was so i think he almost had to testify um and it was very effective
1: and one of the things that he said to the prosecutor i think what the question was but he said right to the prosecutor and almost looking at the jury because i didn't do anything wrong and i had a right to defend myself i mean that was
2: was was beautiful
1: it was and and final question do you think does does he walk away possibly scot free, or do you think they put some underlying charges that he could end up getting charged with some lesser charges?
2: Is I don't think there's really much of a chance that he's okay. going to be convicted yes. of the uh, murder charges. No. No. Um, there's some recklessness charges in there which he could get, you know, tripped up on. Yep. One of one of the themes that's been going around is you know did this judge make a mistake in not sequestering this jury?
1: Yes because right, right
2: now the jury huh. sitting in a room they yeah. can hear on the right. other side of the wall huh. people chanting all sorts of chants yeah you know about them as jurors, about Kyle about you know what's going to happen if there's an acquittal. Um, this is their where they this is where these jurors live. This is mm. their town, which is going to be under siege potentially yet again. Yep. Mm. I, I don't know what this jury will ultimately do and when they will ultimately come back with a verdict. But if I was on the jury thinking strategically, I'd want my decision to come out the first thing in the morning. So at least you'd have about a dozen daylight hours for yeah. the city to get ready. Yep. If the jury comes back at like four thirty, five o'clock at night. E. Now, boom, you're going to have darkness and yep. a perfect environment for the rioters to do their thing. Sure. I don't know if the jury is thinking that way, but mm. if there was any way to control when that verdict is ultimately announced, if it's going to be favorable to Rittenhouse, it should be hopefully done in the morning. So there's a lot of daylight hours for cops and National Guard to get in position. And to stop the craziness. You know it's going to be more active at night than during the day. No doubt. Folks, quick break.
1: A lot more. Attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DiPietro Show. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today. 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen. Whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people... Texting and driving, if you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender bender, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401 401- 272 3340. They'll handle everything for you the original, the best. And if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body. 401 272 3340. 401 272 3340. West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company, if you're in an accident. Call West Fountain today. Get it repaired. 401-272-3340. we speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dott. Tim, I want to jump to the story. We have the uh, parents, locally in Rhode Island, that wanted to fight the mask mandate. They brought it to court. The judge ruled against them. And I know they're saying they're going to appeal it. But I'm curious, you know, we're waiting for people to test it on the science of it and challenge it. And what, what did you make of the judge's decision?
2: I think, well, it would have been interesting if the judge had let things go on perhaps a bit longer. My understanding of the judge's ruling in part was that when the court is asked to rule on um, edicts from the governor or from the Department of Health based upon an emergency health Um, crisis that needs attention the state or the issuing department such as the health department has a very low standard to have their edicts deemed um, lawful Um, and the court determined that there was a plausible rationale to support the health department's finding of imminent peril under this emergency rule now certainly none of us heard all the testimony. It was not a well-reported case. It seems like it didn't get much attention at all. But the judge rules that there was a plausible rationale to support the health department's finding of imminent peril. Now, that finding of imminent peril was presumably based upon statistics that the health department was getting about COVID cases. And the little that was reported in the news, and we talked about it a few weeks ago, was... Virtually anything that comes through the hospital or any other entity where you're positive for COVID, even if you're asymptomatic, gets written up as a COVID death. So you're positive for COVID, you're asymptomatic, you get stage four cancer, you come into the hospital, you die two days later from cancer. Yep. No, you're a COVID death. Mm. You get shot in the head, brought to the ER. Um, you tested positive for COVID. Even though you're asymptomatic, you die from the head wound, COVID. Your death certificate says COVID. So the parents, I think, were challenging in part, how good are these statistics you're looking at? Everything's getting written up as a COVID death, you know, without any regard to the um, underlying comorbidities that people might have, other pathologies they might have going on. And, you know, the folks from the health department acknowledge, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that, that head wound, we wrote it up as COVID because that's what the CDC is compelling us to do. So I thought the parents put on a pretty good case. Um, I think the parents ran into a very low standard, which um, Judge Lamphere was obligated to follow. Yep. So with a low standard and the claim of um, you know protecting against imminent peril it was a very uphill climb for these parents to win but i thought they did a good job at at least bringing these um manipulated statistics that we keep hearing about at least to the attention of the court if not to the general public because of really a lack of reporting by the main media sources in this jurisdiction
1: Folks, we're speaking with our legal analyst, Tim Dodd, some other legal stories in the news. I don't want to spend too much time on this one, but Alex Jones, Tim Dodd, he was he was the one saying that. And it's it's horrible. But what happened in Newtown, Connecticut, uh, it was all a false flag. And the government was doing that. Take people's guns from them. And his followers and infowars were calling and threatening the parents in Connecticut. And they went after Alex Jones. Now, he seems to be shrugging it off, saying, I'm just going to appeal, and this is a First Amendment case. But what what did the judge decide in this case, and how serious is it for Alex Jones?
2: It's very serious for Alex Jones because he was sued in Connecticut, and he ultimately was defaulted for not complying with discovery requests. When a lawsuit is filed, each party has the right to ask the other a variety of questions and to seek a variety of information through answering written questions, which we call interrogatories, or in producing documents. And he basically ignored it or did not comply fully or completely. And he had multiple opportunities. He got more time. The judge said, you've got to give a more responsive answer. You haven't given a complete response over and over again. And ultimately the judge in Connecticut said, listen, if you don't comply, I'm ordering you to comply. And if you don't, you're going to be defaulted. And he didn't comply and he was defaulted. Mm -hmm. Now the same thing has just happened in Texas for the same reasons. So now that he's defaulted, it's just a damages case. Liability is not an issue. It's only damages. So now – plaintiffs get to put on a case for what their damages are how have they Mm. been harmed based upon the defamation that alex jones subjected them to and what he's what he the defamation is really scurrilous what he claimed i mean it's just outrageous it is um so is he thinking he'll go bankrupt i mean if he thinks he's going to win on appeal he's really nuts Mm. and you know If he's going to go bankrupt um, or otherwise think that he can salvage um, his financial empire through filing for Chapter 11 or Chapter 7 or trying to reorganize, um, I think he's a sinking ship. And, you know, the damages you can only imagine for all these parents Mm. um, and the families of the teachers that were killed – In this situation, Uh, the damage is going to be in the millions of dollars, and I don't think he's going to sit there and scratch out a check. I think he's run an incomprehensible um, defense here on this case, um, probably because the story he cooked up is unsupportable and there's really no evidence to support the wild accusations he was making. No. Yeah.
1: this is not a first amendment case in any way he was they made things up and then people were terrorizing these families in connecticut i mean it's atrocious two of the stories tim dodd someone who was uh kind of conceived as like the face of january 6th but he was the one he had the horns and the open shirt and the face painted and uh, uh he was a QAnon shaman or whatever but boy he really got hit did he get hit so hard because he left the Threatening notes on the desk and we'll be back for you and this type of stuff. 41 months for basically going in there. There's no I I haven't seen any accusations or charges that he, uh, you know, struck a police officer or did any type of vandalism or anything like that really just seemed to be that he went into the well of the Senate.
2: Well, he went into the well of the Senate. He left the note on the desk, yeah. which would be occupied by Mike Pence, saying, oh. we're, we're coming back for you, you're next, <laughs> oh, to that effect. So that's kind of threatening and inappropriate. Yeah. Really, what he was charged with and what he pled to was disturbing an official proceeding. The, the prosecutors conceded, this guy, he didn't hit anyone. He didn't get in a fight with any of the... Um, police uh, officers or capital police or municipal police. He didn't, he didn't assault anybody, but because he was essentially the, the face of this whole insurrection, you know, he was the guy with that Viking helmet on yeah. and, you know, had his Same. face painted. Oh my God. Um, he was He's right sure he out of was... central casting. He was. So I think that, he was seen as one of the quote unquote leaders of this. He was one of the first people who breached the entrance to the Capitol. He was outside with a, like a bullhorn or a megaphone, you know, inciting the crowd to, to storm the Capitol. Um, and I think that the government has a vested interest to make examples of people like this guy so that, um, Others aren't motivated to duplicate what this group of people did. Now, his attorney was asking for time served, which would be approximately 11 months. The yep. prosecutors wanted 51 months. Huh. The judge went for 41 months and three years of probation after his release. Wow. That's really stiff. That's sure really, is. really stiff. Wow. Now, Whew. He's been in solitary confinement, ostensibly because of COVID, ostensibly because of COVID, but who knows if it's really to punish him because he was one of the um, folks breaching the Capitol. Um, You know, the government has um, really used a strong hand on the folks who did breach the Capitol. Big time. Um, I think there's a certain justification to doing so to try to deter others from ever doing this again but there's still a lot of questions and i don't think that the congressional investigation that's going on is really going to get to the heart of some of the very curious um things that went on that day i don't think the Congress has any interest in really drilling down to see if there were plants within the crowd that were assets of the government that were inciting people to storm, you know, then I don't think they really want to look at the videos, which show the cops basically standing there and opening the doors and letting people in. It's, you know, I think it's called in some quarters a false flag operation. I'm not sure i buy that theory at all, but I think it's worthy of further investigation um and not rush to judgment like the media rushed to judgment with um rittenhouse and how they've rushed to judgment in many other situations i think there's a lot of other things that need to be looked at to satisfy a skeptical public as to what really happened on that day
1: yeah we are actually going to leave it at that folks he is our legal expert attorney tim dodd we will be talking to tim when the verdict does come down tim great job as always and we'll talk to you again
2: thanks john take care mega
1: logistics mega call them today 401-431-2300 401-431-2300 mega logistics everything you need to run your business efficiently whether you have freight freight goods third-party brokerage warehousing transportation custom freight supply chain management routing or maybe it's bill auditing Customer developing a proven track record with fo- Fortune 500 companies, you can depend on MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401 431 2300. You have enough, enough challenges trying to run your business. Let MEGA Logistics help you do that. Call them today, 401 431 2300, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Again, if you have freight, Freight, goods, warehousing, transportation, third party brokerage, you can depend on MIGA Logistics. Call them today, 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300 for MIGA Logistics. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 99.9 FM. Folks, remember you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Check out the website, dePietro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories videos content all our links to social media facebook twitter instagram youtube it's all right there and that's also the best way to reach me log on at the website depetro.com. ocom dipetro.com brother's disposal call brother's disposal today get a purple dumpster your driveway how do you know it's brother's disposal because it's a purple dumpster look for them on facebook and give them a call for an estimate 401-688-0517 get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage unwanted belongings maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out clean it out with brother's disposal they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother roland today at brother's disposal 401 401- 688 0517. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal 401 688 0517. Look for them on Facebook Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway 401 688 0517. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Now, while you're there, uh, there's a lot of exclusive stories. Folks, we cover stories the rest of the media ignores. It's real news, whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening, plus other exclusive stories that we break log on at the website that's also the best way to reach me by the way if you'd like to get in touch with me just scroll down a little bit you'll see a a button that says contact john you can also support the program you you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at dipetro.com and it's all our links to social media whether it's facebook so you can watch facebook live or also twitter or youtube or instagram So take a minute, and then also we have some great sponsors there as well. It is a happening. Check it each day. It's dipetro.com. Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Maria It's My Health because it's your health. But It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from davidport restaurant it's my health and inside pop in you'll see vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality integrity local products like ice honey maple syrup beef fresh gum it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland wait till you see the selection over 250 bulk herbs teas Spices purchased by the ounce, plus boxed herbs and teas, plus hemp in CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health because it's your health. Stop in and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland.